All right, everyone, welcome into the Polo Show. This is going to be a very special episode of the Polo Show. So been inspired to actually try to start something called Beyond the Spotlight, where I want to try to identify people that are going into any drafts for, you know, NFL, NBA, or even people that are currently in the league, maybe going into their sophomore, junior season um, in the NFL or wherever it may be, to just give people who aren't getting the huge national spotlight that some people are to bring some people into the spotlight that we think are poised to break out, people that we think are sleepers. And for the very first episode of that, I have Alabama State running back going to be entering this year's NFL draft in 2022. Ezra Gray, how are you doing, man? Uh, what's up, Polo, man? I'm feeling blessed, man. I'm glad you brought me on the show. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad to have you, man. And and you were invited into a space. Shout out Tony Rangini for, for setting that up. And he has been talking you up for a while. So we hop in those and we like to talk football. We're part of the 49er community. And we're always looking for these sleepers, especially considering our team doesn't have a first round pick this year. So we're looking for, you know, people that could be sleepers in the middle rounds. And it's funny because our teams are really great at identifying talent, getting the most out of people in the second, third, fourth round picks. Like you look at George Kittle, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, guys like that. They were not like first round picks and they're some of the very best at their position. And Tony was talking you up as Ezra Gray and he'd come in every space be like, yo, this guy is the next Darren Sproles. And I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Like I, I heard that. I was like, all right, I don't know, man. Okay. Tony, you're always throwing names out there. But then I looked you up and I was like, oh, I, I see it. Like the way you run the speed you run with, but you're also, you're not just fast. You're, you're shifty too. Like I've seen you like, you know, juke some people out. I've seen the moves you have. You're pretty elusive. And it's just been really cool to see that. So to get you in that space the other day, talking with a bunch of people that are also 49er content creators, I'm sure you're probably going to hear from guys like Jesse and Jamal and Jordan, I'm pretty sure, um, if you haven't already. Um, but how has that process been going for you? You know, the draft is in a few weeks. How, how, what have you been doing to prepare? Um, what's kind of your mindset going into this whole process? And it's, it's really been sweet, to tell you the truth, like just being able to... Uh, step aside from like mainly like dealing with a team you know like having to do like go through that camaraderie and stuff like that make sure like the players that are on your team are are on point and really just taking some of the time to kind of be in a way in, in context selfish you know like being able to, to focus on your own personal training your own self-growth and really making decisions that are just best for you going on your particular journey Whereas, you know, like when you're kind of dealing with a team, you know, you, you're making, putting the team first, essentially. So, you know, my, my training, you know, has definitely been great. I've been training in Atlanta with uh, Coach Chip Smith, and he's, a, he's a been a big-time trainer. He's uh, pretty much, they call him the godfather of combine training. You know, he's, he's been in it since the beginning of the NFL combine. So anytime, anytime I tell uh, any of the draft scouts where I'm training at or anything like that, like, soon as I say uh, Chip Smith, their eyes just like kind of light up like, dang, like the, the best of the best go out there and train with them. And it's so, as soon as you walk into this facility, you know, it's just Hall of Fame jerseys. I think he, he had Brian Urlacher, uh, Champ Bailey. Those are like two big guys that he had out of there. But his 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 whole weight room is just full of uh, NFL jerseys, Pro Bowl jerseys, all type of things. And, and people really respect what he does. And I respect him as well, you know, because he, he brought me on in and then he just, you know, he, he treated me as if I was one of his own, you know, my uh, my older brother before me, 
he had trained with uh, Chip Smith like when he was coming out for the draft. So that pretty much, uh, he pretty much put me on to him. And I got to talking with Chip and Chip treats me like family, but not only just me, but everybody over there at the facility. But really that's where I've been doing the majority of my training at. And uh, just recently I came back home to Florida and that's where I train with my coach uh, from back home. Like he's uh, my sports performance coach. So we'll do a lot of speed training and, and different things of that nature. But this whole process, man, it, it's really just been like a dream come true. You know, when you're a kid uh, growing up, you, you kind of think about moments like these, like leading up to the final big days. And, and now that it's actually like real for me, it's just one of those things. Like I just look back in retrospect and I thank God for all the opportunities he's blessed, with, blessed me with, all the doors he's continuing to open and as well as the ones that need to be closed as well. So when people ask, like, if it's been stressful or anything like that, you know, not really not for me. It's it's just been one of those things where it's like you just enjoy the process and what happens kind of happens. Yeah, definitely. That's great to hear getting ready and, and training with people like that, that, you know, have a good track record, too. That's that's amazing. And you have had a family history with football, right? Or just sports in general. I think I've heard a little bit, but yeah. um, I think you had a brother. I think his name is Enrique Davis. Mm hmm. Yeah, right. my, my brother, my oldest brother, his name's Enrique Davis. He was a, uh, he was the number two running back in the country when he was coming out. And originally he, he committed to Auburn, but he decommitted and ended up going and playing for Ole Miss. And right now he, he had just got done. Uh, he coached uh, a little bit with the Jets and now he's the uh, running back coach at Western Kentucky University. And my other brother is Ethan Davis. He had played a uh, defensive back at Troy before going and spending a little bit time, a little bit of time with the Detroit Lions and then going over and playing in uh, the Canadian Football League. And both yeah. of both of those, those are like my my role models, man. I, I look up to both both of my brothers because they they've pretty much achieved everything that you know I kind of wish to achieve like within the sport. So just when you when you can look up the guys like those and 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 just being able to pick their brains when it comes to football and stuff like that, it's just a blessing. Yeah, and that's that kind of alludes to one question I also wanted to ask you, because um, I've just been learning about you from like the ground up, like just the last <laughs> few days or really last week. And um, when it comes to the NFL and any aspirations you have in the league, are there any specific goals or achievements or accomplishments that you have your eye on where you're like, you know, I want to be able to, to get to that point? Because I feel like you're someone who's probably pretty goal oriented if you're someone who's about to be in the NFL draft in a few weeks and, and right. prepping for that process. So what kind of stuff are you looking at that you're like, I want to go ahead and do that and make some noise? Right. My my biggest thing, you know, and, and I get the question kind of all the time, like where, where people are asking, like, kind of like, how excited would you be to to get drafted and, and things like that? Would it be like a dream come true and, and stuff like that? And really my, my focus really hasn't been like just getting drafted, but my focus has been being able to actually make that 53 man roster. You know, even guys that are taken in the later rounds along with the priority free agents don't necessarily end up making the actual 53 man roster. So a big goal of mine has, has been able, has really being able to bring value to a team, you know, and I feel like in order to do that, I have to bring extra value to my game. So I have to continue to work on catching punts, working on my punt return, working on my kick return skills. Special team is going to be a big part of, I know, I realize a lot of the things I do. So me just continue to adding value to my game in order to shine and eventually make that 53-man roster, that's, that's really been my biggest goal at the moment. 
yeah, special teams is huge, especially when you want to make the 53-man roster. I know that that has a lot of value when someone not only can, you know, provide on one side of the ball, whether it's like offense or defense, depending on what position you play. But if you can also play special teams, like, listen, <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I talk to people and like we have 49er fans, right? And a lot of people are sometimes like impatient with like free agency moves because, you know, they're fans, right? And mm -hmm. what our team has been addressing a lot of is special teams um, this whole offseason because they were like bottom 10, I think, in starting field position, both offensively and defensively. And they literally won a playoff game decided really by special teams with, you know, a, two blocks. And um, it's really crucial. Like it is another phase of the game where games can be decided. So if you can make an impact there, that's, that's super impactful. It's something that can definitely get overlooked by like, you know, most people that are just like watching the game, but coaches, GMs, scouts, like they all definitely value that. Um, and, and kind of alluding to how you were utilized. Um, how do you feel like you've mostly been utilized throughout like, you know, high school and college and, um, how do you feel like you should be best utilized at the next level? It's uh, funny because in high school, you know, I was pretty much, I was an athlete. So they kind of utilized me all over the field. Like my primary position was defensive back, you know, coming out of high school, I was, I was an all I was first team, all state defensive back, you know, it, for the state of Florida, I think it was probably two DB or two or four DBs chosen like me and, a guy you may know, Patrick Sertan, you know, like we were, yeah, we were, we yeah. were up there and, uh, and I played receiver as well. Running back was kind of like my third position, you know, in high school, but you know, I was one of the type of players where you, you just kind of hand them the ball, give them some space and, and let them do what he does. And then when I got to Alabama state, you know, team needs wise, they, they really wanted a fast, a fast running back. So that's the position that they, uh, they recruited me for and they brought me in to play so ever since then, you know, I've been pretty much playing running back. And while being there, you know, the, the whole story, I've been through like three different head coaches and, and five different position coaches. Uh, I want to say three different OCs. It, it was just, you know, all kind of all over the place with as far as the offensive scheme and things like that. And different coaches would really have their own vision for me as a player. You know, some coaches were on the whole fact of, uh, okay, he, he's a speedy guy, so we're going to kind of put him in space and, and, and let him just do what he does. And then you had, I had other coaches with the mindset of more so, okay, I, I love his attitude, his work ethic. We're going to use him as a workhorse. So no matter what it is, we'll, we'll just keep pounding him the rock. So if he, if he has to do 20, 20 uh, to 23 carries a game, up the middle, pounding him, pounding him, you know, that, that's what he's going to do. So that's why you, you'll kind of see if you go throughout my stats, throughout my career, it'll, it'll have those seasons uh, where, you know, it, it might not be much there because of the fact that, uh, you know, the whole scheme we ran was kind of like running back by committee type deal like that. So I would literally have games where I start, but then the second or third guy who comes in ends up getting more carries than I do just because of the fact what point we're in during the game and how our offense is performing. And, you know, since I've been at Alabama State, our our offense has been decently productive, but it wasn't as productive as it could have been due to the fact that a lot of times we'll have a young offensive line or a young quarterback who, who really can't grasp the whole concept of the offense that we're running and what we're trying to get accomplished. So me just having to work through a lot of things like that have kind of put me behind the eight ball, I say, when it comes to stats and different things like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like my film, you know, can speak for itself. 
And and I say this to the fact of the matter of like, I'll, I'll have draft scouts ask me about different things as far as like the coaches, uh, like what, like the same question you asked me, kind of like the scheme, like what were you fitting the scheme? Like, like what was going on? I see during this game, you have this many yards, but then the next game, you just won't have any yards at all. And you'll, you'll barely have any carries. And then, I, and then I'll just let them know, you know, like just being honest, you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame it all on one person or, or another person or nothing like that, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm in control of everything I do. But at the same time, I do feel like I could have been a lot more productive if we had an offense, per se, that was more efficient and being able to kind of open up the box. Because I remember going in and, and playing some games, it'd be six, seven, eight-man box because they just daring us to throw the ball because, you know, they, they knew we didn't really have a passing game at that time. So it would kind of put me at a disadvantage because it's looking like I'm getting all these carries and, and not getting anywhere. But in all actuality, you know, as soon as I get the ball in the backfield, I, I kind of get swallowed up in things. But I feel like my game will really translate at the next level when I'm able to get some space in order to see creases and things like that to really kind of stretch a defense out. Yeah, I, I totally agree because of the tape I see, like even as a pass catcher too, so in, in some of the tape I see with you as a pass catcher, like this is someone where it's like, if you get this guy in space, first of all, you have the speed to break a game wide open, but because of your elusiveness and when you're operating in the middle of the field, like there's so many things you can do like with that kind of athleticism. And that's another thing I, I was curious about. Um, are there any teams right now in the NFL where you kind of look at the way they play, the way they utilize their players or what they need. Are there any teams that you look at where you're like, you know what, if I was playing here, like this, this would be a perfect match. Like, are there any teams you see like that, that gets you like really excited if you could get a chance yeah. there? Man, I, I know you're a real big 49ers, man, but I, I have to say them Chiefs, man. Just like, I see that, yeah. Like just the way, the way in which they utilize to rekill, and, and even the Chiefs, the way they utilize Debo, you know, but the, uh, I meant with the 49ers, the way they yeah. utilize Debo, but with the Chiefs, the way that they utilize Tyreek Hill, like the things they do with him, that's that's that was me in high school, you know, at uh, catching those, going for those jet sweeps, bending the corner on them, and then, you know, line them up at wide out, line them up in the slot, line them up at, as a return man, then put them in running back, put up motion on them, just open up, opening up the whole offense, you know, and I feel like when you have speed, it kind of beats a lot of technical and fundamental things that people are coached and taught to do. You know, like it, everything's easier, like when it's going slower, but when you actually have speed on someone, it can really counteract a lot of those things. And I feel like it's really like a, a game changing trait to have. And I feel like, you know, God, God's blessed me with a trait like that. So it's, it's up to me in order to use my knowledge of the game in order to implement it in the correct fashion. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a player that's just out there, you know, running around. He's real fast, but he's not being productive. You know, Tyreek Hill is real productive. Like, yeah, he's getting down the field fast, but he's also getting himself open as well as making the extra effort to make those catches down the field. There's plenty of receivers in the league that are fast, but, you know, they, they probably don't have the hands to match it. So me just continually working on my game, working on that aspect, I feel like would pay dividends uh, for a team like the Chiefs who run an offense like that. I also like the way the Rams have been running their offense as well. So it's it's just one of those things where I'm praying that I, I get put in a situation where I fit into the scheme. You know, I, I don't want to just go to a team and then I'm, I'm there for a year and then 
there's nothing really pops off out of it. And I don't really fit up with their scheme and the goals and everything in mind that the coach has for their, uh, their players. But, you know, if I, if I get put in that great situation, I feel like I'll really shine or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think I, I think I heard you talking about that a little bit, like with Rohan, I believe, where you were talking about, you know, you don't want to do this fast. You want to do this right. And you want to make right. sure you're in a situation that is going to give you the best chance to succeed where you feel like you could thrive. And kind of talking about that versatility, it's funny you brought up like, you know, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, and something I kind of wanted to allude to because um, you kind of see now. So we, we have some people um, in our community that cover the team and, Part of that was they went to Indianapolis to cover the scouting combine and they were talking to lots of scouts and coaches and former players and stuff like that. And one of the consensus things that they were mentioning was that a lot of these teams are looking for that um, kind of a replication of Debo Samuel or like as close in terms of like the way someone can be moved to multiple positions and get in space and just make plays. And do you feel like, at some point, like maybe sometimes throughout your college career, where maybe you felt like you're put into a box as more of a running back where you really saw yourself like, hey, I can really be going in the slot and making an impact in, in all different areas. Because uh, I know you're talking about that in the, in the space as well, in terms of like, you were telling teams, I think, if I remember correctly, you, you're really willing to line up in the slot and make an impact as a receiver as well. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and it was like, it was just a, a, a weird experience sometimes because even at Alabama State, you know, we would have a lot of packages where I would line up in the slot and I would do different things like go out on routes and stuff like that. But it, it just seemed like once we got into the motions of the game, our playbook would just kind of condense more and more. And if, and if you watch it, you know, and even the scouts, they'll see it on, on full game tape. You would just watch like, our playbook will like go from here to once we get in the heat of the game all the way down here. So when we're running about the same three plays, you know, over and over again. And, and, I, and it's not a knock to coaching or, or anything like that, but, you know, it just may have been something that they saw that they kind of wanted to target for us to, uh, you know, attack the defense in a certain manner. But, uh, you know, it, it would be a lot of times they'll at practice, they'll have me in the slot. They'll say, okay, in this package, we, we have you doing a jet sweep and things like that, or we have you going on a route, or sometimes we'll have you in the backfield, but we'll motion you out to wide out just in case if, the, uh, if they have the linebackers playing man coverage just to get some mismatch, go, get some mismatches going on. But uh, they, they never really panned out in the, in the actual game when, when we would try to, like, I guess when we get things going, like, I guess they would kind of get away from it and then, like, let us know, like, oh, man, we, we should have stuck to it. We should have went with the initial game plan of, of opening up the playbook and doing different things. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But it's just one of those situations where I know personally, like, I'm always working with the receivers. So when it comes to the offseason and, and things like that, that's when I'm really beating on my receiver craft. And, and I'm a guy – I'm really just, you know, a student of the game. I love learning as much as I can about the position. I'm not really somebody who's going to come out there and, and just because a guy's an underclassman or something like that, trying to coach me up on, on something I'm doing wrong. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is his position. You know, his main position is receiver. So if I'm as a running back trying to play receiver, I would want somebody to tell me if I'm doing something wrong or if I could do this, that, or the third to make my routes uh, and everything that much better. So it's just one of those things that even when I came, when I came into college, I pretty much had a great idea that, 
you know, by the time it comes to go to the NFL, like I'm not the ideal size, you know, for a regular NFL running back. And I and I believe I have the route running ability and speed and hands to possess, you know, being a receiver. So that was one of the things that I always kept in the back of my mind going into offseason training and things like that. I wasn't just doing running back things. Like I was working on a lot of receiver stuff, getting in and out of my breaks, working on throttling down my routes and my hands pretty much every day. And even when I was in Atlanta, at Atlanta with Chip, you know, I was mainly working with the receivers. You know, he, they had uh, Tavares King. He had played, uh, he had bounced around the league for a long time playing receiver. That was my main receiver coach out there. And he was really just drilling us on a, a lot of different technique things that'll really help us out in the next level. And, you know, he, he really stayed in my ear too, just keeping me confident about everything, just letting me know like, man, you got what it takes. You, you just got to continue to perfect your craft and you really got to be passionate about it. So, you know, I feel like if I, if I go in there with a mindset of, no, I'm just a running back, no, I'm playing, I'm playing running back, that's like the quickest way to get me in and out the league just like that. You know, I'm, I'm coming in there open-minded to pretty much any position and special teams, you know, shoot, when I was at Alabama State, like at the beginning of every season, you know, I'd end up on every special team. So I'd be on punt return, I'd be on punt, I'd be on kickoff, kickoff return, but then they'll realize pretty quickly, you know, he's our starting running back. So if we run him down to the ground on all these special teams, he, he doesn't really benefit us in the way that we would like uh, running the ball. So it was one thing that I, I just kind of had to bounce, bounce away from. But towards the end of the season, I did play a lot more kickoff. Uh, I, I was always playing kickoff return, but I, I played a lot of uh, kickoff as well towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I saw that on tape and it was really awesome to see. And I love what you just said about you know, not trying to enter in with the mindset of I'm a running back and then, you know, get in and out of the league, you know, it's one thing people are always going to try to find something to use against you. Right. And for running backs, one thing could be like your size. And if you're going out there running routes and you're in the slot and you're catching passes in open space and you're playing special teams, you're kind of showing people like, Hey, I'm not like a small running back. I am a football player and I'm an effective right. football player in all these different ways. So that way they're not putting you in a box and, and they're just valuing you as a whole um, and I think that's super important. I think that's definitely something that you're, you're capable of doing because just from what I've seen, um, I, I definitely see the potential there and I see the ability there already. Um, and you did go to Alabama State, which was in HBCU. And I was just curious because, you know, it's different not playing in one of those like massive like football programs, you know, like um, Ohio State or University of Michigan or something like that. And because a lot of times people will write off you know, a player, you know, like they'll say, oh, this guy um, looks good, put up good numbers, but he went to this school against this level of competition. It's not the same as like SEC. So they try to like use that as something to take away from people as well. Um, so it just feels like sometimes prospects there don't really get the respect they deserve. And I was just curious, um, I think someone may have asked you about it in the space or, or whatever. I'm not sure if you've talked about it further, but what advantages, but also disadvantages do you see um, in the situation of playing at Alabama State for four years, you know, a smaller school that may not get that national coverage um, in terms of trying to get into the NFL and get yourself noticed. But what advantages, disadvantages did you feel like you experienced there? Yeah, my, my biggest advantages there were the fact that I chose the right school that was a fit for me and my playing style. You know, uh, me being a wide-eyed freshman, I wanted to go somewhere where I could come in and contribute right away. You know, and so when I got there, you know, started playing special teams and, and things like that. And I really acquired a leadership role right off the bat, you know, because 
I was someone who was very dedicated and passionate to what he did. I didn't take any moment or anything like that for granted. I was always to meetings on time. You know, you never catch me late to different things or out in any kind of trouble and things like that because I kept myself busy, you know, and, and it was one of those things where once some, once people see guys that are uh, doing, handling everything that they're supposed to do, and then it's showing on the field as well, that's someone who you kind of gravitate towards, someone who always has a positive mindset and outlook towards things, always optimistic and just hates to lose. So that was, that was always my mentality all the way up from a freshman. So once I got there with guys kind of gravitating towards me, I felt like it was a big advantage for my game because I was in a leadership role right away and the coaches recognized that as well. And just to make sure that I recognized it every single time, you know, we'd have an exit meeting or something like that. The coach would make sure that he harped on the fact that, you know, heading into this offseason, you realize you're in a leadership role. These guys are looking up to everything you're doing. And a lot of times your word is going to mean a lot more than ours when it comes time to do different stuff that isn't necessarily required, but should be done from a championship caliber team. So I felt like that worked out a lot of my benefit, but disadvantages, like you said, you know, I, I would have scouts, you know, kind of, kind of ask me, you know, how, how, what was the difference when you played an Auburn or a Florida state versus when you were playing this team or, or playing that team and and it's to me, you know, there's a little bit of differences. Of course, you're going to have that with any school, though. You know, every school is going to have their real legit players and then players that that kind of, you know, are kind of b- below the totem pole. But in my case, it's all a matter of watching the film and seeing what's and th- and these and I'm not even trying to tell the scouts, you know, how to do their job. But these are this is things. These are things that great scouts see. You know, so I don't really have to tell them because they know when you go on the film and look, you can really look at transferable skills, like the way a guy's lateral movement is, who he's running away from, you know, his route running, different things like that. You can always look at those fundamental skills and say, okay, this guy, he has the vision, he has the lateral movement, he has the speed, but at the same time, you know, look at how many guys he's having to make miss. Like, why, why are we looking at some running backs? They're, they're getting through the hole. They're not getting touched until they get to the second level. This guy's getting touched by the time he gets the handoff from the quarterback. So I feel like they look at things like that and just really get a, a better feel. And, and looking at practice and everything, too, like get a better feel for what type of athlete you are individually. And then even with my film, you know, you can turn on the tape. When I uh, had the 99 kickoff return touchdown versus Auburn, and at the time I think they were number seven in the country, and it's just one of those things, like, I feel like you can't sit there and say, oh, he, he's, he's running away from this team, but this is Jackson State. But then you, you turn it on and say, oh, he, he's running away from Auburn, too. Like, like, what is it with this kid? Like, and, and I feel like those games, when you perform a, a disadvantage of being at an HBCU, a lot of attention and things, a lot of attention is brought on the games when you're playing a really big school and you never know what could be going on that going on with a play that week. Like that might just not be his game. And it happened to be the biggest game uh, that he was playing. So then he autom- you automatically get marked like, oh, he's performing, but he can't perform against a bigger school or something like that. Knowing, you know, it's a game in, game out thing. You never know what nagging injuries a player is going through, how the week of practice went, what the game plan was, how the coaches wanted to utilize them and things like that. So 
it's a lot of, you definitely have to deal with a, a lot of extra adversity that comes with it. But at the same time, in the same token, you're going to deal with adversity wherever you go. So it's really all a matter of how you handle it. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why for me, it's like, yeah, I get it. Some teams are going to be loaded with like top players in high school all over their roster. But at the same time, when isolate, isolate the player and analyze the talent, that's kind of how I look at it. And, you know, scouts, of course, they're gonna be able to see that and know exactly how they could deploy that type of player into whatever it is they're trying to do right so exactly what you said like they know like they see the tape like they they know if they're really a good scout or good at whatever position um they're at and also just curious if you can even tell me this just because i, was, I saw a mock draft i think it was um hbcu game day had you linked to like tampa bay like in the mm -hmm. fifth round and i was curious like what what teams have you met with um mm -hmm. or have you spoken to in that in this whole process I've actually spoken to all 32. Yeah, I've, I've spoken uh, to all 32 and uh, not necessarily going into the facility or nothing like that. But as far as them talking with me, uh, getting a better feel for my character and things like that, I've, I've really had some good conversations with a lot of those draft scouts. And they kind of, and not to toot my own horn, but you know, they, they kind of, they're very interested more so in how I carry myself, it seems, than how I'm how I'm actually performing on the field. And, and I say that because it's like, like when you're going into the whole draft process, you're sitting here thinking about, oh, my skills, like how my film looked, how, how the combine look and, and everything like that. And then you'll, you'll talk to, you'll have a conversation with a draft scout and he's just so nonchalant. And then the, the guy's kind of like, how do I perform? How do I perform to you? And then the, the scout's like, look, I mean, we're going to judge on your film, but if you can play ball or not, like, we know you can play ball. That's, that's no question. We're just trying to figure out how, where you are up here, where you are mentally. Are you going to be a guy that we bring in and then it's a waste of an investment because you're a knucklehead or something like that? Or are you going to bring a guy that adds extra value to the team that we didn't even see before as far as leadership qualities, goal oriented, being able to be a, a locker room leader, you know, at the end of the day, or, or be not even a leader, but somebody who helps provide for the team, you know, they, they pretty much do their job, you know, know your role, do your role and be where you are when you're supposed to be there. So that's really been my big takeaway from talking to a lot of these scouts. And, you know, that a lot of them have complimented me on the way I, I carry myself and, you know, my IQ for the game and things like that. So that's what I continue to work on really just as a person, because I know skills like this will carry me far past football because I realize, you know, football is not forever. So if I can get to the point where I'm networking enough to put myself in a position to where later on my family is also in a successful position, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. And that was one thing I really caught in the space of how you really do see the bigger picture and you are thinking ahead um, and you're mentioning how you want to be a business owner. I, I know you, I think you did, what was it? Computer, um, computer information systems, computer information systems, because you're like, I wanted to narrow it down. Like that just shows like you're really strategic in that approach. What kind of business are you trying to run anyways? Do you have like any idea or you're just like, no, I just, I know I want to run a business, but not sure yet. Man, it had got to the point, you know, uh, I wanted to run some type of information technology company and an IT company whether it do with either networking or security, you know, in that manner. But now that I'm thinking of it more and more, man, I'm getting into the avenue of, I like to day trade a lot. So I'm, I'm getting into the point where I'm, I'm getting into the markets and kind of analyzing things. And, and really just the more I grow, the broader my vision gets, 
and I'm, I'm getting to a point where it's just like, okay, as I got, I got to kind of hone in things because I, I do want to try that and then that and then the next thing. But it's really just been all a matter of figuring out a way to create wealth to eventually, you know, let my money make money for me, not me working to get my money. Let your money work for you. Exactly. And um, yeah, that, that was, and, and speaking more on, you know, off the field stuff, um, what kind of impact do you want to have, you know, just off the field, you know, cause people in your hometown where you grew up, like they're going to hear the story of like Ezra Gray going to the NFL, like what kind of impact do you want to have for people as professional off the field as well? Man, I just, I want to have, I want to be that type of uh, idea, I guess you could say, to let people see that whatever it is that they have on their mind that they want to chase, it's attainable. You know, I, I've, I've always been a, a, a big proponent of not letting people put their limitations on your own life. And, that, and that's been something that's always stuck with me because you'll see all the time People will be there like, okay, this this guy, he can't do that because of this, or she can't do that or achieve that because she went to that school or she didn't go to school at all and different things of that. And I really feel like God's kind of putting me in the position where, you know, guys, uh, kids, guys and girls, they can, they can look up and see, okay, look what Ezra Gray, look what he did. Like, look where he came from. Look at all the disadvantages he had, like going towards his career field, what he was trying to do, and look how he kind of just overcame that. You know that that sense of just that that sense of like it, it was almost like psychotic to the point where he doesn't believe in anybody but himself. You know, I, I trust in my intuition. You know, hundred percent. You know, like whatever it is on my mind that I want to do, I strongly believe. You know, if it's the Lord's will, like He'll allow me to do it. So I've, I've never been uh, someone that'll too much listen to outside voices or, or things like that. And that's the point that I kind of want to get across to, you know, a lot of people who may be looking up to me watching, even the people, uh, the kids who I train with back home. You know, when I, every time I come back and train back home, the kids are always uh, training with my trainer and, and they always ask questions and things like that. And they, they just let me know how much, you know, I've kind of inspired them to, to do different things or to take a certain route, not only on the field, but in the classroom as well. Because you always, you always hear the saying like, oh, be a student athlete and, and try to do it, try to do what you can in the classroom to make sure you're eligible on the field. But really taking a mindset of, okay, I'm gonna dominate it on the field, but I'm gonna dominate it on the classroom as well, just because of the fact that, you know, I'm, overall I'm a beast. Like I'm, I'm not about to just be a, a beast on the field, but then when it comes to, to doing real life, you know, re having real life skills where it comes like communication skills or being able to solve equations or, or solving real world problems, all of a sudden I'm just the average Joe, like a beast. You're not, you're not clicking on and off. Like when you decide to be a beast, if you're a beast, you're going to be a beast all the time. And no matter what avenue you, you, de you decide to do. And that's the mindset I, I really took on when I got to college. I, I just, I wanted my, my future kids to know, you know what I'm saying? Like, all this, all these things are possible. And it, my, really my whole perspective broadened, like why just your kids as like, why not be a beacon of light for kids all across the world to, to be able to see what you're doing and let them know that that's something that's achievable for their lives as well. Yeah, definitely. And I love that answer. And, and you're talking about like limitations, people trying to, you know, tear you down. It sounds cliche, but literally like if, if no one is trying to tear you down from a spot, 
then maybe you're not doing something right. Like if you're, if you're trying to be, if people are trying to tear you down, like that means you're at a level that they're not, they, they can't even see themselves getting to, and they have to make it make sense. Right. right. So right. Th- having people actually do that is actually in my, in my view, a good thing, but don't listen to it. That's the key aspect um, is just, you know, put your head down, put in the work and don't worry about other people's opinions um, or else just going to make you run wild. So that's awesome that you have the right mindset there. And, and obviously you've been doing things right. Cause I mean, you did get, an invite to, I believe it was the HBCU uh, combine. Um, and y- did you play in the, in the legacy bowl? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm not even hundred percent sure what that was about, but I was looking stuff up and I came across <laughs> that. So what was that experience like? Who, who was around you? Like, what was that experience like in general? Oh man, it was uh, like, when it came to the combine, you know, the combine was really cold. I will say when we, when we were out there, uh, I want to say it was sometime in January. It was, it was a very early combine, but that whole experience, you know, it, it's something that I really didn't take for granted because I was able to talk to a lot of different draft scouts and, and a lot of teams and, and kind of pick their brains to kind of see what type of players that they're trying to bring into their organization. And it really all tied in together because the, a lot of the same scouts who were there uh, evaluating at the HBCU Combine were at the HBCU Legacy Bowl as well. So that whole week of practice, you know, I, I had received a, a lot of praise from different that I didn't even know about, but until it came out like on NFL Network, but I was receiving a lot of praises and compliments, not only from the draft scouts, but the coaches that were coaching us there as well. So that whole experience, I felt like, you know, helped me along the way as far as draft scouts seeing the way that I practice and prepare around other high caliber athletes, you know, because I was around a lot of players there who were highly sought after, you know, quarterback, Akil Glass, wide receiver, uh, Shamar Bridges, D Anderson, guys like that. And just seeing like your camaraderie and like what that does to your level of competition. Like with somebody like me, it, it means that the level has to rise. Like, yeah, you're happy to be there, but at the same time, like, how are you going to prepare? So I, I felt like I had a, a very uh, great week of practice out there and I got to talk to a lot of scouts and things like that. So I felt like the Legacy Bowl, as well as the HBCU Combine, helped me benefit greatly. Yeah, definitely. I love that they got to see like that whole process because you were mentioning the other day about how you're not someone who just like lives for, you know, Sunday, you live for like the whole process of it getting prepared, like going to practice, even the days where like, it feels like, oh man, I really don't want to go practice. Like those are the days you live for. And that's just the right mentality to have for really anyone. If you're trying to bring any type of person to your organization, that's the type of mentality you want. Um, So I definitely see why they were also giving you lots of praise for, you know, the way you carry yourself off the field. Um, Because like you were saying earlier, like there are some people who have like a world of talent, but aren't a hundred percent there like Mm -hmm. mentally to the point where they could have been so much more successful had they had that, um, you know, type of mentality. Uh, but, you know, really, really lastly here, because this has been great, but I also want to um, give you a chance to pitch to any organization out there or uh, fan base or team coaches, whoever, if they take a chance on you in the NFL draft or just NFL in general, who are they getting in that organization? Man, they're getting somebody that's hungry. They're getting somebody, you know, who's been doubted pretty much their whole life and whatever avenue they decide to do. Oh, he's too small. You know, we, we want him a little bit bigger. or We want him faster or different things like that. And really somebody who's kind of just been counted out even throughout college. You know, he didn't get his fair shake in a lot of different situations. 
but he's always kind of figured out a way to come out on top and whatever he's doing. So it's somebody who's coming in with a chip on their shoulder, really with something to prove, a guy that's going to adjust and adapt to any situation, you know, that presents itself and somebody who understands the game as far as, you know, the team really is really the team comes first before oneself, you know, somebody that's understanding the whole aspect of at the end of the day, the whole team has to be in a, posi a position to be successful. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming in and that, that's the only way I can describe it. I'm just somebody that's coming in like hungry, coming in red hot, like out the gate. Like I'm really not interested in the theatrics of, okay, oh, he got drafted and, you know, it, you know that's, that's, that's fine and dandy. But I'm somebody who's trying to make that roster. And at the end of the day, somebody who's really trying to put on for that franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I totally got that from, from the other day, based on all your answers. And, um, you know, I said like, right after I can confidently say like, whoever does give you that chance to make that roster and make an impact they're getting someone for sure that has the right mentality, has the right approach. And when you have that, plus the talent, really anything is possible. I mean, beyond like your killer speed, which cannot be taught, like <laughs> when you have the mentality, like to just keep improving in other areas, always wanting to learn, you know, if you have that kind of work ethic and just that eagerness to just keep getting better, there, there is no ceiling in my opinion, when, when you can have those aspects. Uh, we've seen players or really just people in general, whenever they go into any industry, if they're being counted out, but when they have that mindset, it takes them to the top. Like everyone we hear at the top of anything, they were never just like, you know, it wasn't always just like sunshine and rainbows all the way to the top. It was always they're getting counted out because of this or this, or they had to go through this when they were this age. And, and, and that just goes to show the, the uh, way you can handle adversity, your perseverance through all those things. And if you have that, there's no reason you can't be successful at the next level. So um, Ezra, this was, this was incredible. And I really appreciate you hopping on this and and i just know for a fact that the fortnite community like wherever you end up going like we're all gonna be really stoked for you and we're all gonna be keeping an eye on you and cannot wait to see you um i mean shoot if you're in the red and gold that'd be awesome but i mean even <laughs> if we get to see you just on the field in general like if you're playing our team like we're gonna know what's up and and it's just gonna be really exciting to see so we'll be uh, rooting for you in this draft process rooting for you in the future as well um i really appreciate this man for anyone who is listening to this um, appreciate you as well. Go ahead and like this. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast, depending what platform you're using, go ahead and follow and make sure you turn on notifications. So you know, when the next episodes are out, I'm going to keep trying to do this with more people like Ezra who are being sometimes overlooked or sometimes counted out that aren't getting that, you know, national coverage that someone who's going to be a number one overall pick is going to get to try to bring them into the spotlight more and just try to put more people on notice ahead of time before they put everyone else on notice on their own. So, um, Ezra, thank you, man. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you, Polo, man. Hey, y'all heard the man. Go follow my boy Polo, man. That's the Polo <laughs> exactly. Show going up. Exactly. All right, Ezra. This was awesome.